Auckland and Wellington University students say they're constantly getting sick from cold, damp and mouldy flats that they're paying exorbitant rents for. The start of the uni year is just weeks away and a shortage of rental accommodation means some have no choice but to move into dingy digs, sometimes far away from uni. And as Bella Craig reports, there's concern about the effect it's having on their health and their studies. And I would say like 70 of the places we viewed had some form of mould. One place even had um, like grass or weeds growing through the wall. 70 flat viewings later, this University of Auckland student finally found a place that wasn't ridden with mould. It follows a year living with six others in damp and mouldy conditions in a flat in Grey Lynn, which cost her $247 a week. There's been heaps of mould issues, and even though we try and keep the place well ventilated and our landlord did give us a dehumidifier, there was still like just heaps of mould everywhere, and we've, all of us have been sick for a large portion of the year just because of that, especially during winter when we couldn't have like the windows open. There would just be a constant rotation between the six of us with someone being sick always, and that just kept going around and around. Her story is far from unique. This Victoria University of Wellington student paid $230 a week for a room in Kelburn which she shared with five others. She says she and her flatmates were on a never-ending rota of illness due to the damp and mould permeating the building. I was sick every other weekend, vomiting, um, I had temperatures. Sickness affected her studies and often prevented her from going to work. There was also a constant battle with mould. I used to get quite a bit of mould on my curtains and on my roof. There was one time when I had to mop mould off my roof because it was really bad. Like all the students Checkpoint spoke to, the student wished to remain anonymous due to the fear of being blacklisted by landlords. She has since left the Calburn flat and is now looking for new accommodation. But due to the price and huge demand for central Wellington rentals, she's having to look further afield. They're all like in Brooklyn or on um, Mount Vic, which is con- which is like honestly like a wee way away from Pipitea and I want to be somewhere closer. Victoria University of Wellington student Ollie says the flat he is currently living in would not be affordable if there weren't couples sharing rooms. And if you're relying on people to, to live in the same room to be able to afford a place, then not a great scenario for, for your rent affordability. And he hasn't been impressed with his landlord's conduct. There was mould build up over the last year which our landlords decided to paint over in the bathrooms because our ventilation is very poor uh, which means that especially in winter and people have warm showers it gets very the bathrooms don't vent properly and then mould does build up. Auckland University Students Association President Alan Shaker says that the impacts of bad housing were exacerbated by COVID. Particularly now where we're moving into a, a period of, of education where a lot of it is done at home, um, a lot of it is done online, if you don't have a you know warm, safe, um, adequate house, it, it makes it very, very difficult to, to, to watch your lectures. It makes it very, very difficult to sleep at night. According to the Tenancy Tribunal, complaints about health standards made up nearly 30% of all disputes last year, up 4.5% from 2021. Dr Lucy Telfer-Barnard is a Senior Research Fellow at the University of Otago's Public Health Department. She says the health impacts of poor quality housing cannot be overstated. Even before COVID, we were seeing a lot of hospitalisations from poor housing conditions each year. Uh, you know, around 54,000 adults and then 28,000 children. And those would be for a range of housing conditions. And then within that, 
um, even just some cold, damp housing, we would see about 6,000 hospitalisations a year. And the impacts aren't only on physical health. We do see this, this mental health epidemic amongst young people and there is very strong evidence for association between poor housing and poor mental health. The reality is that our housing stock is poor and there is a massive amount of work still required to be done to bring it up to the standards that, that we think it's reasonable for us to expect. And that from Bella Craig. Well, joining us now is the president of Renters United, Geordie Rogers. Kia ora, Geordie. Um, Kia ora. Weeds and grass growing through walls. I mean, how are landlords getting away with this? I mean, it is really quite embarrassing that we're letting people get away with this in New Zealand. But ultimately, the reality is the framework we have for managing these issues doesn't actually empower tenants to speak up. We heard in the story there that people were ashamed to even speak on the news, not even confront their landlord for the fear of being blacklisted. And that fear only grows when you have to be in this confrontational environment where it's you versus them in a, in a courtroom. So we really are still seeing a lot of renters choosing not to say anything because it does ultimately come down to having somewhere to live or having somewhere to live that's incredibly mouldy. The examples that we heard in Bella's piece there, do you think they're the exception to the norm or are they the norm now? I, I really wish they were the exception to the norm. Uh, for many students and even for many renters who are raising families or have multiple generations living in one house, this certainly is common. And the healthy home standards, in theory, were supposed to abolish all of this. But unfortunately, while the framework for making a home healthy is there, the enforcement mechanisms haven't followed through. And so we're not seeing as much compliance as we originally would have hoped. Tell me how it is working and how you know it's um, it's not being policed properly. So when we talk to lots of different renters, one of the issues that they do find is that they're aware of their rights. They know what should and should not be happening in their home. Um, but the difficulty is the amount of information they have to collect and process in order to go to the tribunal. Um, and when we look at the cases that are coming through Citizens Advice Bureau and Community Law, there are far more cases that don't even make it to the tribunal because people do have a fear uh, that either they'll be kicked out, especially with the return of 90-day notices, um, or they won't be able to find somewhere next time. So what needs to happen then? We've seen some uh, projects, especially in the Wellington City Council, where the council is taking more responsibility in this place and providing more resources for renters uh, enforcing their rights. Ultimately, the place that should be coming from uh, is the central government, the rental warrant of fitness uh, pilot, which also happened to happen in Wellington, um, shows that it can be really effective to have an independent person assessing the quality of that home uh, instead of someone who's involved as either the landlord or the tenant. A lot of the people spoken to there are obviously students, and I'm wondering, do you think there is still this kind of idea that in some way roughing it as a varsity student is a rite of passage and kind of suck it up, buttercup? Yeah, there, there certainly is an aspect of that. I mean, very recently I was speaking to someone who said they just put on another jacket. And, I mean, that sounds kind of comedical and it's kind of lighthearted, um, but like Lucy was saying, we know the effects of that are actually hospitalisations. That is children who are going to hospital for entirely preventable conditions. Um, so it's really not just tough it out because we know that toughing it out leads to hospitalisations. What we can do is actually be looking to 
be a far better country that provides fantastic warm and dry houses. Um, but to do that, we do actually have to point the finger and say, look, it's not okay to rent out a Māori home and actually we won't allow you to do it. So what's your message to the government who is um, said previously it's kind of evening the balance back up between um, uh, renters and landlords? Um, I don't think I've spoken to a renter yet who believes it's going to get better for them. Um, they don't see a future where they can own a home and they don't see rents coming down. Even the most recent stats show that rents aren't coming down after all the government's proposed changes. Um, and so really it is, if you look at any other successful country where people are allowed to rent their homes, it's affordable, it's healthy, they all have proper regulation, much like any other industry that is significant in people's lives. Um, and there's no reason we shouldn't do that in New Zealand. We're not the special country where everyone is nice, unfortunately. There are people who are out to make a profit, and we should, as a country, stand up and say that that's not acceptable. Appreciate your time, Geordie. That's Geordie Rogers, who is the president of Renters United.